And welcome on in to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, here on ClabesOnline.com, now exclusively your home for Weekend Joe. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside, as always, by my sidekick, Andy Hanselman. Andy, how you doing? Uh, you survive another week of, uh, of quarantine? We did. We did. Very, uh, very busy week, though, Joe. I had a lot of stuff going on uh work wise and so i and i've been doing a lot of projects around the house trying to get stuff done just trying to you know making chores for myself to make uh to make staying at home a little more tolerable and not nearly as boring and just sitting on the couch eating uh uh peanut butter filled pretzels from sam's yeah i um i i make a i make a nice little i make a nice little index card each and every week there each and every day of everything i want to try to get done and get accomplished but i tell you what man going from waking up at 4 30 in the morning to now i guess eight o'clock i mean losing those three and a half hours it it, it turns you know five o'clock gets here a lot faster than it uh than it used to it used to feel like the days would drag and i'd have to find stuff to do and now i feel like i'm running out of uh, of time and most of my days now are just kind of spent in the basement on the computer uh, doing stuff for the uh, for the website with Claves. Yeah, you're all oh, you're you've been really really busy with your stuff too. So that's you know, I'm, I'm glad that you've had things to uh, keep you occupied. Yeah, the uh, so I uh, with the help of uh, of Justin Boyd, I he he kind of introduced me to a graphic design website. I've never done any kind of graphic design at all. Like you've seen the stuff that we've done uh, with uh, with Klaibs, anything that we've done video wise so far. That we have that we had the little border on the bottom of it, and it you know it it, it was Microsoft Paint. I, I mean that's that's basically what it looked like. It didn't look that professional, and I wanted to improve on that and i wanted to sure. do a lot more um I, I know that we needed a logo for claves's website and we wanted to kind of have our own identity I, I guess would be the uh the right word as we keep putting stuff up on the website i think we had i mean i really andy i think we put up two things every single day this past week really uh, on the site, yeah, interviews awesome. that, yeah, interviews that Klaibs did uh, with with people he knows, and other video elements that we that we put up there, um, talking NFL draft, and we put the interview up there with Rob Fisher, the video side of it last week, and I really think we're, I mean, then I'm also including on there the the four or five minute this day in Cardinal history that we do, but sure. it's still content that we're putting up there each and every day so we uh we we keep wanting to find more and more to do and i I really think that next week i I feel like we we have another week of 10 things that we're going to put up there i mean two things each and every day that we have uh that we have ready to go and i uh i wanted to make it pop even more i wanted to try to make it look even better than it than it already does so I've uh, yeah, I've been playing around a little bit with uh, with some graphic design websites that I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm just trying to make it not look like a uh, you know. I feel like when when I was doing it before, it looked like a third grader was doing it. Now I'm hoping it sure. looks like maybe a high school student. I mean, and those are those are good goals to uh, to strive for. 
you know, there's just there's just one thing that that's really really important throughout all this, and you'll find that as you as you grow, and it's one thing I've noticed as well, and that's you know it, it's and it's creating the brand, and you can create a lot you can create a lot of your branding through your graphic design by maintaining colors and maintaining patterns and maintaining different themes um, throughout all of your graphic design to to really help define the brand that you guys are trying to build. So yeah, my so, little uh, my little bit of advice for uh, you aspiring graphic designers out there and Joe. One of the uh, one of, one of the things I'm really excited about. One of the ideas I had that kind of sprung from the Rob Fisher interview that we did is a segment that's going to be debuting on Monday on the uh, on the site. And I don't know if we're going to put it up if we're going to put two up a week or if we're just going to make it an every Monday thing. I'm not sure yet because I am going to probably film so many of these and put so many of these in the can that we are going to have a lot to choose from. Maybe two. Maybe a two on a Monday. I, I don't know i haven't decided yet we haven't really discussed the timeline of it yet but it's a new segment called off the wall that we are going to do and it was one that i kind of noticed doing some of these interviews and everybody has their their little background their backdrops and you can uh you can see mine in in this uh in this segment you could see a few of my walls as i like to kind of switch around what wall i have behind me and what i'm kind of showing off uh showcasing I guess would be a better word. And I wanted to do, uh, I, I wanted to start going into people's houses and doing that. So it's going to start with some of our guests that we have on. And then from there, it's going to move on to, I'm just going to start texting people that I have on my phone. I'm just going to say, Hey, let's do five minutes. You know, the, the two that I've done so far, uh, with our, the two guests we have on today, which I should, I should promote. And you see, you know, that's the, the good thing about doing this online, Andy, is that I don't feel like I have to promote what's coming up next because you can see it in the description. Right. That's I like that about the podcasting that I don't feel like I have to reset the interviews because you see who it is that you're interviewing right there on your phone, on your computer, wherever it is you're listening. But coming up on the show today, Jim Thomas of the Post-Dispatch, we'll have him on. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Rams with him. And then he has a few very interesting stories about where he was when the Blues season uh, shut down. So we'll, we'll oh, talk. Really? Yeah, we'll talk with him about. Uh, about that and what he's been uh, trying to do to fill the time and write stories. And then we have Jen Langosh on the show who, and I know baseball, there's no games being played right now, but she and Alexis Strauss are helping organize the fifth annual uh, Join for Joe um, Bone Marrow Drive that's uh, for the to be a match. So that is it used to be outside of Bush Stadium before a Cardinal game on a Saturday. Obviously, with the situation situation right now it is just going to be uh, you you go to the website and you you find out the uh, the information there and they mail everything to your house you swab your mouth you mail it back and you find out if you're a match so Jen will explain that more in depth than I I can and she'll tell you where to find all the information on it so Jen will do a a great job with that uh, but anyway the off the wall so I, I do the interviews with them. It's a separate thing. I then go, you know, we then start recording a new series that's all video and we go into their house. So, for example, Jim Thomas, the one you'll see on Monday, he um, is sitting at his desk and he basically turned his computer around and showed me the wall of all the pictures and credentials and everything that he has hanging up there. Oh, and wow. 
we share stories about some of those that he has. Uh, Jen Langosh gives us a tour of her basement. So. Wow. Yeah, with Jen, <laughs> Jen did the the podcast interview that you're going to hear. She did it from her office, and then we hang up. She goes down to her basement on her phone, and she ba- she walks me around to her basement uh, with her phone, showing me all the wall, uh, everything that she has, she and her husband have collected over the years. Wow. Yeah. I bet both of those have are pretty impressive collections. I'm looking forward to seeing both of those. Yeah. So uh, they're both. Uh, yeah. So JT will be the first one up. Uh, Jen, I'm not sure when we'll post Jen's. That'll be one that we'll definitely post uh, soon. Uh, but I, I kind of also was a moron with that, Andy. Uh, you you see, you and I are video chatting this right now as we record. You see the, yeah. uh, the little mic that I have, the little headset that I have that I record in. Yes. Um, it was for the start of the Jen Langash interview. I did the whole interview, had the microphone right there next to my mouth. You're going to hear it. It's perfectly clear. During the three to five minutes that she, I guess, went from her office to her basement, I put took it and I went like that and moved the microphone away from my mouth so I could take a drink of water, and I forgot to put it back. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, see, I'm sitting in my office wearing a set of studio headphones, and I have a microphone on a boom arm. Yeah, I have I have another <laughs> microphone that I need to use uh, and I will end up using when I when I get it back from the person that has it right now. Uh, but it's going to provide a little better quality, I would think, too. My, and also in a blue one? desk. So what? My, my blue one? No, no, no. I have a uh, it's a blue Yeti is the brand of the, uh, oh, the wow. microphone. Oh, yeah. Um, and. Nice. Uh, yeah, we got it for uh, Animal, and I each got one for uh, the podcast for doing that. And I know that he uses it. I, I Well, I know Animal has his. I don't know if he knows how to use it. Okay. But he has it. And then I loaned mine to uh, to somebody, and I have not gotten it back. So Do you I need me to go break a kneecap? No, 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 no. no nothing like that. It's just a okay. matter of when. Just off yeah, when I can when I can actually leave, I will uh, I, I will go and I will pick it up um, from from the person. So it's 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 nothing nothing too major. I just and I have this this headset that I have. I'm just fine with this. It's very convenient. This thing couldn't be any lighter. So yeah, I like how uh, how this works. No, so it, it sounds great. Yeah, so we'll talk with both of them, and we'll uh, it'll be a lot of uh, a lot of fun to hear from both of them. I already have, I think we, I think I already have three or four guests lined up for next week, so we'll uh, we'll make sure to do it with them next week. And as I, I tell you about this, we do open her up uh, with Jim Thomas, presented by the Inskip Law Firm. I forgot to do open her up with uh, Jen Langosh. I, just, I have a pack of fresh baseball cards just sitting back there waiting to be opened, and I forgot all about it. Ugh. Well, you suck. I know. Not good, Andy. Call her back and call her back and add it on. I've already done two interviews with her. I'm not bothering the the woman anymore. I'm I'm not She's doing fine. it. No, and I can't. I'm not going to put it all in. It's it would be it would be do it. Do it. Do it with me. I, I have I, well the the pack of cards isn't sitting right here with me. next week Andy we will do an opener up with you okay I tell you what I, I tell you, to make it fun as well yeah I'll order some baseball cards as well okay 
Sounds good. I will. Uh, I I'll love open opening up a, base. I love opening packs of baseball cards. Yeah, I'll open up a, a fresh pack with uh, you. Hey, this is weekend Joe, driven by Munganash St. Louis Acura. They want to extend a huge thank you to their healthcare workers and first responders by offering them several service specials, including a free interior detail cleaning. You can call them today and make your appointment at three one four eight two 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 eight seven two. That is, uh, as I said, several service specials and a free interior detail cleaning if you uh, those uh, those are not cheap andy those are uh, and uh, to get that car nice and uh, nice and cleaned out be nice to uh, if you have to drive to and uh, from work they have uh, specials also on a uh, 10% off all services they have specials on wheel alignment batteries weather mats remote start kits $200 off a remote start kit there at munganas acura i know the uh, a lot of the uh, munganas families uh, dealers ships are doing that including the Alton Toyota dealership as well so uh, make plans to get your car out to Munganas St. Louis Acura over there at uh, that you can find them over on Manchester Road at 13720 Manchester Road. Andy, the NFL draft was Thursday night and also into Friday. Did you watch any of the NFL draft uh, the way they remotely did it? Uh, I did not. I have to say that kudos to the IT teams with, I don't know if the NFL gets credit, if ESPN gets credit, if the NFL Network gets credit. The IT departments did a fantastic job of setting all of these teams up with their uh, the cameras, the computers. They sent cameras to all of the top prospects' homes so they could be filmed, their reactions could be filmed. Uh, the NFL sent hats to every single player, sent 32 hats to every single player. So whoever they got drafted by, they could go grab that hat and go put it oh, on. Oh, cool. That's um, kind of neat. Yeah, but what it definitely, what it made for, what it, well, took away, it, it sucked because it took away from the fans booing Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. So they, but they welcomed it in that you could boo Roger Goodell to help raise money for uh, coronavirus relief or um, finding a cure, whatever, whatever they, they were sending the, uh, the funding for, they raised so much money for the, uh, to, to help try to stop the coronavirus and to help uh, with any fees that have left people uh, that have been left with people. So they did a great job of, of that. But what you got were so many in-home moments that were that you wouldn't have gotten at the at, at in the green room at the draft at one of the tables there, because these these families, I mean, they're sitting there, and at the CD Lamb, CD Lamb, the wide receiver who now is, I believe, he was drafted by the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there. He has two phones in his hand. And you see him as he gets picked, he puts one up to his ear talking to somebody, maybe the Cowboys. I, I would presume it's the Cowboys of the NFL welcoming him into the league. And then the other one's on his lap and you see his girlfriend grab that phone and you see CeeDee Lamb with lightning fast hands rip the phone right out of her hand. <laughs> wow. It did not make for good optics. 
Now, C.D. Lamb immediately went to Twitter to say that people because everybody was talking about it. It was the talk of the first round. He went on to say that people were reading too much into it. And then the girlfriend ended up posting that she saw that C.D. Lamb's agent was trying to FaceTime him while he was on the phone. So she was trying to be a good girlfriend and answer the phone, answer the FaceTime of the agent if he didn't see it. Oh, gotcha. That's that's their story with this. But it didn't look good. It did not look good. And then after that, it comes out that C.D. Lamb's girlfriend is the former girlfriend of now Atlanta Hawk Trey Young. Oh, so it seems like she does very well with the uh, professional athletes now. Both I wanted yeah. So both Trey Young and C.D. Lamb both went to Oklahoma. Okay. So I mean there is a connection there with uh with, with that. But it was it was really really great to uh to see that to get that moment out of uh out of the uh the draft for um and by the way Trey Young yeah Trey Young also did go to Oklahoma I was going to say he went to uh he went to Oklahoma as well so you did get you did get that moment in the uh draft there was another player and I don't know who the player was that the girlfriend was trying to hug the uh the drafted boyfriend and you see mom come into the picture and grab girlfriend and kind of throw her out of the picture oh no <laughs> like forcibly remove her Mama wanted to hug her, wanted to hug her baby. Yes, and the girlfriend was just right there in the way. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to watch so, the CD Lamb video. Oh, here yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a uh, it's a good one. So it just it adds on to giving you stuff to watch on uh, on TV throughout the uh, throughout the. Have you found it yet? Yeah, I got it. I'm watching it now. Yeah. Is it is his girlfriend? If you're watching it, his is on his left. Yes. The right. Okay. Well, she's not wearing very much. She's wearing, you know what? She's wearing her draft dress, her draft night dress. Okay. Is that what you would call that? A draft night dress? Absolutely. Yeah. I call that a going out to the club dress. I I could see that too. I mean, I I could see that, you know, I'd probably double for, uh, for bolts. So yeah, you, you just see, you see the phone get snatched out of, uh, out of her hand and CD lamb showing first round uh, skills with those quick hands. (laughs) So yeah, that was uh, that was nice. So it gave it gave you something to watch on a Thursday night, and those those have kind of been few and far between. Last Sunday was the debut of the Last Dance, part one and two of ten for the ESPN uh, Thirty for Thirty, the the ten part series that they are putting on ESPN each of the next uh, I guess four Sundays now. And Claybs, uh, Mike Claiborne actually had a uh, discussion with Clarence Gaines Jr who was the assistant GM, a, a friend of Claves, who was the assistant GM for all six of the of the Bulls championship runs. So a guy who was very much involved in there and at one point in the interview talks about the uh, he talks about the uh, that you could see him on the uh, on the on the 30 for third or on the uh, on in the episode with Jordan. So he's very present in there as well so it's pretty cool to hear a first-hand account from somebody about uh about their 
uh, experience with that team. And I'm going to tell you that. So it's on, it's on Klaibs online. Uh, you go there, you go to ClaibsOnline.com or scroll through the podcast page and find it with Clarence Gaines Jr. The final story he tells It's about a 40 minute interview, 38 minute interview. The final story he tells is a story about Jerry Krause trying to climb a fence. Okay. If you know what Jerry Krause looks like, you know okay. that the optics of Jerry Krause trying to climb a fence is going to make for one hell of a story. If you do anything, just go yeah. listen to the end of that interview. Listen to the whole thing. Hear the insight. The interview, the the story about Jerry Krause trying to climb a fence is at the very end. And it is it is a fantastic story. So it's That'd a, be like uh, me trying to climb a fence. And yes. Uh, Andy, though, I want to say Jerry Krause, similar body type probably, but Jerry Krause is maybe two feet shorter than you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I've climbed a fence recently. I, can, I know I can do it. Okay. Like a four, like a four foot fence. Yeah. Not it like doesn't, a, not the, like a from the story, fence. from what I remember from this story, it was not a, uh, it was not a four foot fence, much, much taller of a, uh, of a fence. So <laughs> yeah. And then, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something Sunday night. It'll be on again. Claves is having Clarence gains on every single week during the third, during the, uh, the last dance. So it's a, it's going to be appointment listening to this, uh, to this interview. Another thing, Andy, that we have looking forward to coming up on TV that was announced this week that I know that you are very excited about. We yes, finally will get a golf outing on TV made for TV event, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Yeah, we're going to be at an undisclosed location without spectators, of course. You know, we're going to practice social distancing for this as well. Uh, looks like it's going to probably be a Memorial Day weekend. I hope they play it at a place that the world doesn't get to see very often. And there's a, a golf course in New Jersey called Pine Valley. Okay. And it it's more... It's more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not illustrious, just more private than any club in the in almost I, I would say in the world, more than Seminole, more than Augusta National, um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place. If you can, if you can, you can find pictures of it online. But there's just not a, they don't let a lot of guests in. A lot of mm-hmm. folks don't get to play it. Uh, so that'd be a neat place to have it. Uh, Pinehurst Number Two would be a great place to have it. Just a good old classic golf course. I'm wondering what the format's going to be, what they're going to do. If it's going to be like a team of match play thing. Yeah, I or, would like to see gonna, them. Or they're uh, going to scramble. <laughs> I would like to see them have some fun with that, you know, because you know that money's going to be thrown around. Sure. You know, you know that those four are going to be throwing money around. I would really, though, I would like to see. And you know that Tiger and Phil are the two better golfers but i would well, like I mean, to see you know maybe switch it up and play every other shot or you you tell me what these are called when are you know alternate shots or just let peyton and brady go at it for a hole and yeah, an, do- alternate, an alternate shot thing would would be would be a lot of fun because what happens in that format would be both players would tee off uh, from the tee box on the first hole and then they would alternate shots through 18 holes. So like yeah. on the second hole, both wouldn't tee off. Whoever put it out on 
on the on the previous hole, the other player would tee off on the next hole. And, and that I mean, and that's difficult. It's difficult because you are you the, these golfers, you know, Tiger Woods is so used to setting himself up for his next shot. Correct. Where in that scenario, he's setting Peyton Manning up for his next shot. Any golfer does. You know, any golfer has their, yes. has an idea of what they want to do on their next shot. You know, I used to play in these alternate shot things with my father. And let me tell you, Joe, they were some of the most fun we ever had together. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I, I can imagine your dad probably got little. Did you, did you get more upset with him or did he get more upset with you? He got more upset with me. Nice. Okay. I know what that sounds like. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that you think Memorial Day weekend? I mean, I know they haven't announced a date on it, but that's what you're that's what you're thinking yeah, with that. Well, because they're talking about having events in June. Okay. Without fans, so yeah. I, I would imagine it's probably somewhere around there. Cool. Okay. I uh, I look forward to uh, to that. So, hey, coming up in uh, coming up next, we'll go to Jim Thomas. We will chat a bit with him, and then we will hear from Jen Langosh. And then uh, Andy, you and I will wrap it up with uh, with crack slippers at the end of the show. We uh, I have another thing about Tom Brady, with a story about Tom Brady with that, and then we also have to revisit one of last week's crack slippers about major league eating. So we will uh, we'll dive yeah. into uh, in to that and let you know how that went last week here on Weekend Joe. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, also sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can find Collinsville Auto Body. They are an essential workplace, so you can, uh, if anything happens to your car while you are out on the road, if you are still working and uh, well, you get into an accident, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Back with JT after this, right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura, ran exclusively on Claves Online. Weekend Joe, now exclusively on ClavesOnline.com, is driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura. It's also sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm. Hey, right now in these uh, trying times, don't hesitate to call the Inskip Law Firm for any of your estate planning, wills, trusts, or power of attorney issues that you might have. Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm can help with all of that, and he can even help with traffic matters or criminal matters for that uh, for that matter. They they are committed to your satisfaction at the Inskip Law Firm. That's I-N-S-K-I-P, the Inskip Law Firm. Corey Inskip, my guy. Plenty of ways to get in touch with him, whether it's by phone, email, social media. Corey Inskip will get back in touch with you if you give him a call or hit him up today. That's the Inskip Law Firm. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. And welcome back in to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com as we welcome in our next guest from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He is our good friend, JT Jim Thomas. What's going on? How are you doing? 
I'm hanging in there. How are you, man? I'm good. I, so does this? I, I mean, you're you're without a without anything to really cover right now. I mean, this has to feel like the Rams just left all over again and, and left you without anything to do, right? Yeah, it's been strange, especially the time of the year. I mean, we're just headed to the stretch run of hockey. The Blues were in a uh, what was going to be a great finish with Colorado down the stretch, and then and then on to the uh, on to the playoffs. Now there, there's been enough stories to keep me busy, Doug Arm. Strong signed about 57 players last week. So that, that was, so we're keeping busy, but it's still, it's like, just like a 40 hour work week as compared to, you know, in season, my gosh, 60, 70 hours, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, maybe 80 hour a week. So it's, it's been a little different. My wife's getting sick of me. So, right. uh, uh, that that goes without saying, right? So, so where when where were you when the Blues shut down the whole the the season, or when the NHL shut down the season? Well, I was in Anaheim for that last game on March the 11th, and during that game, during that game is when it came out that the NBA player from the Utah Jazz, I believe, Gobert, yeah, had tested positive. So right then we knew. Boy, this 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 could be this could be trouble for the league. Even at that point at Anaheim, it was game two of uh, the media not being allowed in the locker room. They had roped off in the hallway, uh, uh, like six feet from a makeshift podium, and they they'd bring up you'd request players and they'd bring them out. This is after the morning skate, and then even after the game, and then but Ruby had come out, so that was a little bit odd. I got to tell you, it was odd being in that building anyway, because uh, the last time we was, were there was when Jay Bowmeister nearly died and collapsed on the bench. So just that whole experience there was surreal. And then during the uh, during the regular season, not in the place, but during the regular season, we fly on the team charter, and uh, you know, with paper pays for the uh, for the flight and everything. But I, I was actually on the team charter on West Coast games. Normally, they wait till the next morning to fly back. At East Coast games, Midwest, they fly back right after the game uh, to St. Louis or wherever their next stop is. So uh, uh, they had stayed overnight. In Anaheim, and uh, we we flew back, and it was like mid-flight when it came out that the the NHL was canceling. I, I think the players, uh, coaches, uh, myself, we 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 knew probably what was going to happen after what happened with the the NBA player. But uh, yeah, we were actually in the air somewhere between Anaheim and St. Louis. And then when you know you're you're traveling back, and, and that was at a time too when nobody knew how safe air travel was. So you you get back to St. Louis. I, what's your what's your mindset coming back here and knowing or really not knowing what what to do? Yeah, and that was uh, between the time you're sitting on the plane, you're taking off. It was a little bit of a longer flight. You're on the plane for four hours, as it turned out. Uh, you know, we found out, all of us found out a couple of weeks later that uh, our good friend uh, John Kelly had, had uh, tested positive. He sits right behind me uh, on the team charter. So, uh, at, you know, after I found that out, again, this is a couple of weeks after the fact, but uh, uh, why I'm like, Gee, you know, I, I haven't shown any, hadn't shown any symptoms, still haven't. So, but you're a little concerned about that. And even before that, you find out that. An Ottawa Senators player had tested positive, and you'll check out the schedule. And oh my gosh, the Senators were there in the visitors' locker room, 
at the Honda Center in Anaheim the night before the Blues. So when you talk about the Blues uh, uh, morning skate the next day, literally 12 hours after the Senators were in that visitor's locker room, the Blues were there. Now, again, at that point, media were not allowed to be in, in the visitor's locker room, but still, you're in the same hallway, you're passing by, so you have some concerns about that, but uh, everything turned out uh, well. When you get off the plane and, 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 and you go home and, you know, you write something about, uh, about the stoppage in play, uh, it just, a total uncertainty. You don't know what's going to what's going to happen. Uh, uh, will there be hockey played again? Uh, you know, uh, it's just just a bunch of questions without answers. So how how can you compare the current stoppage to other things that you've covered? I, let's take it back to the the near stoppage we had in the NFL several several years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, then I mean, you still had an idea that there was going to be football played at some point, mm-hmm. but yeah. right now, I mean, it is there. There is no no you know real answer to what's going to happen in the NHL. Yeah, I remember going out to Lindenwood then and. Uh, uh, the players were having informal workouts then. I think it might have been about the time as the, like the OTAs, the spring practices. And, you know, you talked to a few players coming off, but yeah, again, you knew that sooner or later there would, they, they, they would play. I remember the aftermath of 9-1-1 and that was pretty scary. The Blues played up, the Blues, the Rams played there about maybe just three weeks after the the uh, 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 you know the, the terrorism attacks and and uh, fly into Newark and driving up the uh, New Jersey Turnpike to the game, so you're parallel. You're driving right by Manhattan, and uh, you could still see. This was like three weeks later. You could still see the uh, 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 the smoke from from the Twin Tower site. That was very eerie. Actually, where I stayed was the uh, airport Marriott at uh, the, the Newark, New Jersey airport, and some of the terrorists had stayed in that same hotel. So that was eerie going back, going back there. We joking because sports writers, uh, those of us in the sports, we joke about everything, right? We were calling it the Bin Laden Inn, uh, the, the, uh, the Marriott Hotel, but so that was weird. And, and the, the company said, hey, I remember the league canceled play, the, uh, the next week, remember Trung candidate just catching him in the parking lot uh, because uh, uh, they they did practice that week, but the the media was not allowed to be in practice. But catching Trung candidate in the parking lot and uh, him saying, "Hey, we're at war," and it turned out that turned out to be the uh, the case. And and then uh, after that first week's games, after they were canceled, the next week the. Uh, the Rams flew out to uh, San Francisco. Remember all that? That was all different. But that came and went pretty quick. Obviously, this has lasted a long time, and there, there's there's just never been anything like this that any of us can can recall. So the news that came out on Wednesday of this week was that maybe four or five different sites that teams would go to and they would play games there. We, we've heard similar ideas with baseball, with the NBA. Is there anything that, you know, right now, I mean, the NHL kind of came out with a date, like saying, you know, July is when they're hoping to start this back up. Is there anything that sounds concrete at this point or is it all just speculation well i think it's somewhere in between concrete and speculation the nhl really wants to to play the players really want to play the players and the the team owners they're 50 50 partners in terms of revenue the players know 
if there's no hockey played, the salary cap will go way down uh, next year. Now, there's some talk, I don't know how, like, artificially or some measures to prop it up, that it would stay at, like, $81.5 million, which is right around this year's uh, cap. It was scheduled to go up to between 84 and 88 million. So they're not going to get the ticket revenue if they play in empty stadiums, but they will get the TV revenue. You know, if there are no games on TV, that part of the TV contract isn't paid, you know? And, and so I think they're trying to make it work. Obviously, there are a lot of hurdles. Again, we're looking, uh, at May, June, we're looking a little over two months down the road and maybe things will be calmed down then, but it's going to be a controlled environment. There's still a lot of stuff they, they have to work out, you know, in terms of testing, making sure uh, everybody's safe, who is actually allowed in the building in terms of, uh, say, janitorial staff, uh, uh, what media might be allowed. Uh, would it be a limited uh, uh, media and uh, and who you would play? They don't want teams traveling. This is the interesting thing about this plan. The, the Blues actually, they had 11 games left. And seven of them were against Eastern Conference teams. And so how would you do that? If you, let's just say you had four sites and you had, you know, you did it by division. Uh, the Blues only have, uh, Colorado and Minnesota left in the Central Division on their schedule. Would you put the Blues in the, an Eastern Conference pod or whatever? I think what they're going to do, you're just going to, whoever they put in the pod, you're just going to play them irregardless of what was on your remaining schedule, you know, so I don't know how they balance that out. Uh, make sure, uh, make sure that you don't play all tough teams, you know, maybe, you know, maybe work at a couple of playoff contenders. Maybe you just do it by division, but it's going to be different. It sounds like they want to get the regular season games in and then go to the playoffs. Uh, you would think the Blues of all teams might stand to be in a little bit of a uh, better situation because I'm trying to think around the NHL with big injuries. Vladimir Tarasenko is probably the biggest name that would uh, that probably benefits from all this time off. He should be 100 percent if and when the, uh, the the Blues start playing again. Well, he was supposed to play on that. Uh, that there was a four-game uh, road trip. I, I believe the Blues would have played San Jose on Friday the thirteenth, like uh, two days after the Anaheim game in March, and then they were going to go on a four-game road trip. He was supposed to return at some point during that trip. So yeah, he'll he'll be ready. Now that would have been rushing it all along. They said it was a five-month uh, kind of timetable, maybe a little bit longer. Well, the five months wouldn't have hit until, uh, the end of, uh, the end of March, like March 29th. So that was about four and a half months. Well, now, if they start in July, they're not, they're, you know, they're not going to be pushing any timetable. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, I think Rantanen, Mika Rantanen was, he might have been on IR in Colorado, but yeah, he's got to be about the biggest names. I mean, let's face it, uh, the stats are since, uh, the, over the last five seasons, only John Tavares and Alex Ovechkin over that five year period entering this season had scored more goals than Tarasenko. So you're, you're getting one of the premier goal scorers. You know, uh, Sunquist had, had gotten, Oscar Sunquist had gotten some kind of, uh, uh, upper body injury in that last game in Anaheim, but he's fine. You know, Cairo, he's been playing this season maybe at 90, 95%. Remember he had that kneecap surgery. Obviously he's, 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 he's gotta be fine. He was still getting treatment like after game. So yeah, they should be in great shape. 
one of the things I found most interesting about this shutdown of all the sports is how players are adapting. You, know, you read about NBA players and how they don't have hoops in their driveway like, you know, like, like people do because they have access to these state-of-the-art gyms that they can go to at any hour of the day and shoot around. Hockey players are even worse off than that because they just don't have sheets of ice in their backyard. So I saw the other day that hockey players are starting to get into rollerblading to to try to stay loose. Yeah, I talked to uh, uh, Sammy Blay after his contract extension uh, uh, last week, and uh, he and Vince Dunn live in the Central West End. And they take their rollerblades out and go out to uh, to Forest Park. I mean, they, the the park, at least for I guess pedestrian traffic, and like you're on a bicycle or taking your dog for a walk, it's still open. So you know, if you're walking in Forest Park, uh, you, you just might see Sammy Blay and and and, and Vince Don. Uh, Colton Pareko said uh, uh, earlier this week that he had just ordered some rollerblades. He said, I, was, I, I don't know if I understood him right that they were. They were maybe a little more specially designed to mimic the moves of ice skating to keep those muscles going. But you're right. These guys that have condos in Clayton or whatever, there's not an ice sheet out in the, in the back. There are a few players now. The vast, vast majority found it interesting of the Blues have stayed in St. Louis. But there are a few, like uh, I believe David Perron, Marco Scandella, they've, they've gone back to uh, – to Canada, I don't know if any of the Swedes have gone back to uh, uh, to Sweden. Tarasenko I, I had stayed here, but uh, you know, like Scandella staying up uh, like in a rural area, has rented out like a at least a uh, cabin or apartment. And there, there are no outdoor rinks around there, and it's not even even up in Canada this time of year. It's not cold enough for there to be outdoor rinks. So yeah, it's a little bit different deal. How does they then? How, I mean, if, they, if that's what skaters are doing, what is Bennington? What is Jake Allen? How do goalies adapt to uh, to this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is there such a thing? You know, you have like a pitching machine in the, in baseball. Is there like a puck <laughs> shooting machine, and they could get out in their driveways or or, or whatever and uh, and and face uh, face pucks? Obviously, the trainers, the blue and the blue strength and conditioning staff. They send out, I think about every week, instructions, kind of personalized instructions for each player. Here are some things you can do at home because some of these players don't even have like dead weights at home. Some have pretty good gym setups, but they're sending out stuff. And, you know, I think the Blues are, you know, a highly motivated team. I don't think anybody's going to show up like, say, sports writers that have been quarantined and show up and weigh 300 pounds, uh, you know, when they uh, – you know, when they, when they show up, wouldn't that be something if y'all like, uh, they start play in July and Carl Gunnison shows up and he's, he's, he looks like a, like an NFL nose guard or something. <laughs> so I, I don't think that's going to happen, but, but again, yeah, you're right. Some of the hockey skills and that's why when they say July one, I'm not sure if that's for starting games or if that's for starting practice because the original plan, and I think they're still on course, was to originally start some small group workouts, say at Centene, then have maybe two to three weeks of actual practice, and then start playing games. So yeah, they they've got to get their uh, they've got to get their legs under. And I think a lot of players in, in the summer, in the off season, they don't necessarily do a ton of on ice work, a lot of it's off ice work, gym stuff, but they, they do some ice work. But I think a lot of them for maybe the first month, they just stay off the ice. So I don't think it'll be quite as bad as, uh, uh, as if they did nothing. If so far it's maybe a little bit, 
like an off season, except these guys can't play golf or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know what? They're still Stanley Cup champions until the uh, the NHL decides to restart. So yeah, the uh, so JT, we move uh, everybody. You know, I would imagine is familiar with your work covering the Rams for all the years they were in St. Louis, and they're they're also making news here in, in back here in St. Louis with the with, with the court cases, uh, and we just heard this past week as well that the uh, the, the Supreme Court has overruled. Uh, hearing their appeal, and it looks like we're going to see, or at least right now, un- unless the, N- N- the NFL comes through with a big settlement, it looks like there's going to be some Rams personnel taking the stand here in St. Louis over the next couple years. Jojo, you, you feel pretty bad for Kroenke on this one, don't you? Buddy? Oh, my, I mean, God, you, you think about that. You think about the fact that he owns so many sports teams that aren't playing right now. He's got a huge uh, stadium that's not being constructed. Taylor Swift is canceling concerts. It's Man, you, you feel so bad for, uh, for that multi-billionaire. Yeah, what, what's a multi-billionaire to do? It's just, yeah, it is. It's so, it's so sad. But, uh, that was like the last, uh, recourse for Stan Kroenke and the league to keep this from, you know, the discovery process. In arbitration, you don't really have the discovery process. And that's when a lot of these, uh, maybe these text messages from phones, uh, documents, phone calls can be made available. So he was trying like heck to avoid that. And, now he can't, you know. I mean, let's face it. The Supreme Court probably has, oh, I don't know, maybe a thousand better things to do with its time than than hear a multi-billionaire's uh, and, and a multi-billion-dollar business's uh, uh, attempts to try to get to uh, uh, to arbitration. So yeah, there, there there is either going to be a settlement or there will be a trial. And you know, I've been out of this story for a while, but the last time I checked with the St. Louis attorneys, and it's a while back now, they had absolutely zero appetite for a settlement so my goodness I, I might pay 25 bucks to just sit there and just to see just the idea that Jerry Jones might testify Stan Kroenke on the stands Kevin Demoff Roger Goodell that'd be pretty good entertainment don't you think Oh, absolutely. Especially, I mean, seeing these guys and how they have acted for so many years up on this pedestal that they, that they have. And uh, you and I were, were both there covering the relocation and the way that things went about with closed door meetings and secret ballots and for all of that to get out. It's, it's going to be fascinating. And then when you look at it, I mean, you, you keep taking these steps. You know, we mentioned all the teams that Kroenke has. He's going to be on the hook for 31 other owners and their legal fees with this, along with the mounting legal fees that, that are being racked up on top of a stadium that's three billion, four billion dollars over budget right oh, now. It's more than that now. I, I think we're, well, maybe four, at least yeah. four. Yeah. I, I mean, we could possibly see it get to the point where Stan Kroenke might have to start selling off some other assets to have some of this money. You would, you would think when, when you start getting in these, you know, when you start talking about multi-billion dollar deals and Mm -hmm. you know what a team like Arsenal is, is worth. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you have to factor in 
his wife through the Walmart family is worth at least as much as Stan. So I don't think they're going to be hurting over there. But still, when you combine that the, this, uh, what was it originally, maybe about a $2 billion stadium is, is now going to cost $6 billion. You don't even know if you're going to, the NFL is going to start on time or at least start on time with fans. I think they're rushing, from what I can tell, to get that stadium done. It's a crowded work site. You've probably seen some of the stories out of the L.A. Times. Uh, the, the construction workers there, a couple, there have been a couple cases of coronavirus. They've complained about it being a very crowded, you know, he's rushing to get this thing uh, uh, done in time. So, yes, uh, e, e. Stanley has quite a few headaches right now. Mm. I know uh, it just the report came out last week that the WWE was looking at possibly moving next year's WrestleMania, which is supposed to be at SoFi Stadium, too. I mean, you're talking about something that's next March that they're talking about about moving. So that's another payday that they would be looking at uh, missing. I, I, I bring up WWE transition into Vince McMahon. Did you get any uh, did you get a chance to go to any Battlehawks games, the two that when they were here? Well, the schedules didn't mesh with hockey, but, yeah. but I did go to the very first game ever and covered it in Dallas. The, uh, the Blues were, uh, uh, about to start. It was right before that, uh, the Anaheim game, the last game of the season, and it was the dad's trip for the Blues where every year they have a dad where the fathers of the players come along. It's, it's a great thing, a great hockey tradition. And telling you that because all the dads were on the team flight, we got booted off. You know, I mentioned we, we normally fly on the team charter. So I had to book my own arrangements. Yeah, what was me? But figure why not make a pit stop in Dallas for the first game uh, on my way to Anaheim. So that's what I did. That was March 9th, I believe, the, the first game in Battlehawks history. And uh, March 11th was the game in Anaheim. It was at the uh, old uh, Texas Rangers Stadium. They're yeah. supposed to have a new stadium this year. I was there. I happened to be there for game six, the pool holes three home run game. Right. Because the Rams were playing the uh, – uh, uh, the next day, and and right. so it was great. It was great being at the stadium. I, I see their first game, see a little bit of football history. I go down to the locker room. Players are coming in, and I hear them like, "Hey, JT!" And I look up, and it's Oz Hakim gives me a big hug. Uh, Grant Williams was their offensive line coach. Remember, he he played a couple years for for the uh, uh, Rams here in St. Louis, and still still lives in St. Louis. So that was that was a, that was a neat experience to be part of that little slice of history. Well, JT, we have a segment that we started here last week called Open Her Up, brought to you by the Inskip Law Firm. Uh, Corey Inskip there at the Inskip Law Firm in St. Louis, he wanted me to go through some old uh, unopened packs of baseball, basketball cards that I have in my basement, and we've been doing that. But since you are a former football writer, I went through, I already had open packs of football cards, but they're old cards. They're, they're I mean, we're talking 80s and 90s with these cards. So I randomly grab out five of the cards and I'm going to go through names. And I, I, as I look through these, there's going to be some that you're going to have stories on, but others I want to see if they ring a bell with, okay. uh, with you. <laughs> I got to tell you, for, for me, 80s and 90s doesn't seem that long ago since, uh, you know, I'm an old guy. So, you know, well, anyway. first off, let's see. We have a scorecard from 1991 uh, from the Detroit Lions, Michael Koffer. Michael Koffer? Is that a uh, – that name ring a bell? Uh, didn't he play uh, – he might have played for the Packers, but uh, 
uh, too, at some point, maybe after that, but, uh, maybe after that. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You, you mentioned being down in Texas for football, Warren Moon, Houston Oilers, Warren Moon card here. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, actually when, when he was, uh, uh, with the Oilers, there, there was a period in the early nineties when, uh, it was before the Rams came here where I was kind of covering the NFL at large and, uh, uh, would just go to different games too, and covering the, the at what was then the expansion effort by St. Louis. I remember seeing Warren Moon play in the Astrodome in a game down there in the old uh, 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 run and shoot. So yeah, hell of a quarterback, and and was a big star in the Canadian League before uh, yeah before he came to the NFL. A uh, 1990 Fleer card uh, from the Seahawks, Grant Fiesel. Grant Fiesel. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Didn't you get any stars in your cards? No, no. I, this, I, I randomly went through and just grabbed them. Let's see. I, I like Grant. I, I, of the, you uh, like the random stuff. Who's that? David Grant of the Bengals. No. No. Oh, okay. You're gonna know this one. 1990 Fleer card. We got a Randall Cunningham from the Philadelphia oh. Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Now, story on that, you remember before the 96 season, which would be the second season for the Rams in St. Louis, in 95, uh, they had uh, uh, Chris Miller as the quarterback. Remember, he, he got a series of concussions. He, he uh, didn't finish the season, so they brought in Randall Cunningham, Steve Walsh, Steve Berline, and for the life of me, I forget a fourth quarterback in for tryouts. This was in the spring before Rams Park, as we know it, opens. It was still at the old uh, boys club, the Matthews Dickey Boys Club. That's that was the Rams practice facility in '95, so it was still there. But this is the spring of '96 before free agency. They bring all four of these guys in for tryout, and we got to watch them. Uh, the media they they let us watch them, which you know is unheard of now. But Randall Cunningham was one of them. And, you know, Berline went on to have a little success. Uh, uh, Cunningham obviously had great success. And Steve Walsh, not so much. Who was the quarterback? The Rams pick. Again, I forget. I'm just blanking out on the fourth one. Uh, they picked Steve Walsh, and he was terrible. He started one game, played in another, and that Walsh's uh, problems led to the debut of uh, of uh, Tony Banks. Tony uh, get in there, but uh, they had a chance at Randall Cunningham, and uh, they they decided elsewhere to go. I had elsewhere. never I had never knew that, I had never heard that story that they passed on Randall Cunningham here they in, had him in, in for St. Louis. A free agent, uh, uh, and, and Rich Brooks was still the coach. Rich Big Daddy Brooks, and he he wanted Steve Walsh. You know, you know Walsh had a. He had a great college career. I, I think I may have covered a bowl game or two where he was down with the Miami Hurricanes, but just had no arm strength. It was a windy day when he tried out. They didn't bring them all in at the same day. They brought him in different days, and he was throwing into the wind. There wasn't a much much velocity on those passes. Wow. Well, I uh, had no clue of that. JT, I want to thank you for uh, for spending some time with us today. What are what what kind of things are we uh, looking forward to? Maybe next week on the uh, in the post dispatch from you. Well, next week in the post dispatch, I'm going to be on furlough. So. Ah. Uh, and it's not a paid vacation, but uh, it's one of my the two furlough weeks. So uh, we're working on a couple projects uh, uh, before before we go. One of them might be what happens if 
the league, what what do, what do the Blues think if uh, if if we do get this return with stadiums and and uh, whatnot? But yeah, for the most part, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be dark here. All right. Well, hey, good luck to you next week. Then, uh, good luck to your wife as well, as you uh, as you mentioned earlier. Okay. Thank you. You take care. Jim Thomas of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, our guest here on Weekend Joe, driven by Mugganass St. Louis Acura here exclusively on ClabesOnline.com. Also, uh, the show Weekend Joe, sponsored by Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. You can give Kevin Miller a call today, 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. Right now, uh, well, Kevin Miller's still out there. He's showing homes he's helping you buy or sell homes if you still need it that's something that you know in some cases that uh that can't uh, that can't wait and well if you uh want to if, if you are suffering from a stay-at-home order and you want a new home to stay in kevin miller caldwell banker gundaker he's Back with more of Weekend Joe right here on ClabesOnline.com, driven by Mung... Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com, now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles in the nation. That is Munganess, St. Louis Acura, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe, now on ClabesOnline.com. And we welcome in now to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on Claves Online, our good friend from MLB.com. She is Jen Langosh. Jen, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. How are you, Joe? I'm good. You know, we're we're in the final week of April, and you don't have any baseball to cover. I can't imagine what you are uh, going through right now. Yeah, it's funny because for so much of my life, my, my entire professional life, like it's always been in seasons, right? You have the regular season, you have the postseason, you have the off season, you have spring training, and everything in my life has always been very cyclical, knowing kind of what's coming up next. And now we're in a spot where, you know, not only do you not have baseball right now, but we don't know when we're going to have baseball again. So as you can imagine, um, kind of reconfiguring things at MLB.com, constantly trying to come up with new and compelling content that keeps fans um, engaged in the sport, interested in the sport, coming to our website to read about baseball. So, you know, a lot of that's been fun, kind of digging into historical stuff that maybe we haven't visited in a long time. You see um, lots of games that we're streaming. Actually, today had a Cardinals game, the, the Albert Pujols three home runs against the Cubs. That game was streaming online. So trying to be creative, again, to keep baseball in people's mind, but certainly cannot wait to see actual baseball games played again. And that's everybody is trying to find that create their creative juices and, and figure out something. What is what is something that MLB.com has done that you think is the the most creative that they have been able to put out there so far? Yeah, I love the two initiatives we have going on right now. One is the um, the player show, the, the video gaming between all these players, which I think has been a great way to market our players and to showcase some of the personalities. So if folks aren't familiar with this, basically um, you have 30 players, one representing each club. 
club playing each other in the MLB show game. We're streaming those. ESPN is broadcasting some of those games, but it's been a lot of fun. So I think that has been a really cool initiative to come out of this. Um, The other one, which is also ongoing, kind of nearing the end, is an out-of-the-park simulation. Essentially, we created rosters, kind of the the best all-time players from each club to create rosters to compete against each other head-to-head through um, seven-game series simulations. So um, I'm not going to spoil how this ends for the Cardinals. I will tell you that they were the number one seed in the National League going into the tournament and have won their first two rounds. Um, So stay tuned next week to see how they do in their next round, which I believe is going to be against the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, that'll be a uh, that'd be a good one with two historic franchises. I saw the the MLB the show that they were doing. I feel like the Cardinals were at a disadvantage. Matt Carpenter is their representative. I feel like he's on the older end of of things when it comes to when when you think video gamers on teams. And I feel like there's I feel like that would have been perfect for like a Colton Wong to to do that. He seems like the big video game guy in the clubhouse. Yeah, I would say I was a little surprised too that Matt Carpenter was the one who stepped up. Add in the fact too that he didn't even have a video game player. He had never played this video game before um but i will say i looked at the standings i believe yesterday the day before he was eight and eight so far okay. so he's holding his own he is far from the bottom actually still has a chance to to eke into the postseason if he has a nice run here at the end but i would agree with you i think if if i were to have put money on who would have been the representative i don't think matt carpenter would have cracked my top 10 list no well hey maybe he did it as a way to maybe did, did sony send him a playstation in the game that seems that's probably a smart move then I think so. I think it was a veteran move. Um, You know, also remember he has two young children at home, so it is a great built-in excuse for him to say, hey, sorry, got to run to the man cave and play video games for a few hours. So I can't can't say I blame him. I saw they were only doing three inning games there. I feel if you really want to put the players in a tough spot, make them manage a bullpen and a bench (laughs) and and just three innings, it's over and done with. Yeah, I agree. They uh, they tried to keep it short, um, I think, probably to keep the attention span, you know, relevant. Um, and also because each of these players is playing 29 games within about a two-week span. I will say, though, some of the games have gone into extra innings and, like, extra, extra innings. So we've seen some actually approach nine-inning games, which, yeah, it's kind of fun to see how they utilize the players on their own team. I think I, I think it was uh, was it Buttry from is he with the A's? Um, mm-hmm. I think he went and said that he was not going to use himself in the game because his rating was terrible. So I like that players are being honest with themselves too. Yeah, and again, the interaction between the players against one another, I think, has been awesome. I don't know if you saw earlier this week Lance McCullers Jr. sharing a story about how he had just had Chipotle delivered to his house, and when he opened up his burrito, a bite had been taken out of it. Um, and the the response from Brett Phillips of the, the Kansas City Royals was just hilarious. So if you haven't checked out that video, um, go check it out. It's, again, it's just fun to kind of not only see literally inside these 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 baseball players' homes, um, but also get a little bit of a glimpse of what they're like maybe behind the scenes and you know a picture that we don't necessarily see on the field all the time. Jen, the reason that we wanted to have you on uh, today was to talk about is it the the fifth anniversary or the fifth annual join for Joe drive for be the match uh, for the bone marrow transplants or bone marrow registry that you and Alexis Strauss, uh, late Joe Strauss's uh, daughter have. You you guys have been really uh, really great behind this, trying to help find uh, find 
or donors for for people suffering from uh, from cancer. Yeah, so we were supposed to hold our fifth annual drive at Bush Stadium tomorrow was the date that we have been planning for. And obviously with no baseball games um, being played here tomorrow, nor in the foreseeable future, we decided to take this virtual, uh, make this a virtual drive and take it online because we didn't want a year to pass without bringing this initiative back to the forefront. Uh, as you mentioned, this came out of um, a desire to honor the legacy of Joe Strauss and also to help other people who, like him, battle blood cancers, leukemia, lymphoma, being kind of the two most common that people are familiar with. Um, so what we are asking fans to do um, starting today, certainly tomorrow is our big day, but in, in any day therefore, there in the, for, in the future, um, is to go and learn about being a bone marrow registry donor. It's not as intimidating as I think a lot of people think it to be. Um, the process of joining the registry is very simple. You can go online, you request a cheek swab kit, which is mailed to your home. You do four quick cheek swabs, send that back and you're entered into the registry. And then at any point, if you become a match for a cancer patient needing a transplant, be the match, we'll contact you and see if you're willing to go forward um, with that donation. Again, there are about 12,000 patients right now with blood cancers that are still waiting for their life-saving match. And one thing that I've found interesting and in being more educated about this is that 70% of people will not find a match within their family. I think a lot of us um, think of this as, as something that family members can often do, and that's not the case. So we're hoping people, you know, take the time to educate themselves. If you're between the ages of 18 and 44, we would love for you to take the time to join the registry. It does not cost anything. Um, you can find the information on how to do so at cardinals.com slash join for Joe. That's join the number four Joe. Um, and then one other thing that's new to this event this year is we're also raising money um, in Joe Strauss's name for Be The Match. And what this money does is it costs $100 to add somebody to the registry to kind of get there, um, take those cheek swabs and go through the process of getting on the registry. So this, this money that we raise will help um, add folks to the registry and it will help the patients that then later need those transplants. So um, we set a goal of $5,000. I know it's probably a lofty goal, but again, we hope that folks who are at home realize um, this is a time, is a way that we can do some good in a time that you know maybe we all feel very separated. And let's keep in mind too, the cancer patients right now are among the most vulnerable in our country for, for multiple reasons. And we hope that this is a way um, that is a carnal, uh, carnal nation can reach out and help those in honor of Joe Strauss. And as you mentioned, it's it, everything gets sent right to your home. And with so many people uh, being stuck at home these days, it's a, uh, a perfect time to have that, uh, to have these kits sent out and to do it. And uh, just, uh, just another thing to do while, while we're at home. Yeah, it takes very little effort. Um, again, I encourage folks to read about it. If you're scared about the process, there's a, a lot of information on the Be The Match website that will take you through what an actual donation process looks like. Um, you know, most of the time it's non-surgical and outpatient. Um, so you can read through that, educate yourself. And again, I encourage you if you're willing um, and if you fit within the age and health criteria that you do join this registry um, and help be a life-saving match potentially for somebody in this community or any community around the world. I know you've done a, a great job helping Alexis out with this as she has uh, she's been working hard, not only uh, splitting her time doing stuff to uh, remember her dad, but also as a, a college student who uh, missed out or is missing out on a graduation, too. So, yeah. And this means this means a lot to Alexis and to her mom, Diana. Um, you know, they still feel very much a part of the St. Louis community. You know, they don't come to or especially Diana doesn't come to Bush Stadium all that much. It's still very hard for her. But this is an event that each year she makes a point to come 
come to because it means so much to the family. And, you know, as you mentioned, Alexis is preparing to graduate. I know very disappointed with, with what's happened and not having a graduation ceremony. And I think this is another way for us to embrace this family and help uplift them um, and honor, you know, Alexis's dad and Diana's husband in the process. How do you think uh, Joe Strauss would be dealing with uh, with how crazy things are in the world right now? Um, I think his Twitter feed would be epic. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I can imagine him watching some of these press conferences with government officials. Um, <laughs> And speaking his mind on them, certainly. But, you know, I think, you know, we talked at the very beginning about kind of how sports writers have had to pivot and how we create content right now because there's no live games to base off of. Joe was so good at his job. I think he would have done just fine with that. I think, you know, he would have been in position to to tell some great stories from the beat um, and to find a way to keep sports relevant. And, you know, I'm certainly among those that miss reading him and hearing his voice in the paper. And, I, you know, it's been a loss for our sports writing community. Um, but certainly I think he is missed here in St. Louis among sports fans. As we said, it's the Be The Match Join For Joe Drive that starts uh, Saturday. And since it's a, uh, since everything is being mailed to homes now, it goes on for a while. It's not just a one-day drive this year. It will uh, it will continue on and gives you an opportunity to, to uh, help Be The Match. Uh, Jen, you tweeted everything out from your account at Langosh MLB. Also, as you said, it's available at the uh, the Cardinals website, MLB's website too. Yep, it is. And that page on the Cardinals website, as you mentioned, it's not going anywhere. So if you don't get a chance to check it out today or on Saturday, at any point when you're looking for something to keep you busy at home, um, I encourage you to to look that up and, and again, educate yourself on what it means to be a potential bone marrow donor. Jen, I want to thank you so much for joining us today here on Claves Online and uh, keep keep pumping out the good content over there at MLB.com. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I look forward to talking to you again when we have real games to talk about. Absolutely. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. That was Jen Langos joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, now exclusively on ClabesOnline.com. Uh, the, uh, another sponsor here of Weekend Joe is our friend Corey Inskip with the Inskip Law Firm uh, there in St. Louis. They uh, have been covering all of your estate planning, your wills, your trust, your power of attorneys here during these, uh, during these difficult times. Uh, let them help you as well, and uh, they also also do traffic tickets and criminal matters if you happen to find yourself in a situation like that. They are committed to your satisfaction, so call the Inskip Law Firm today, or you could find them on social media. You could find, uh, you could shoot them an email. You can uh, get in touch with Corey Inskip many different ways at the Inskip Law Firm. That's I-N-S-K-I-P Law Firm. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be... Any back collection? My husband's ball. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, have you thought about uh, buying or selling your home here in St. Louis? Well, Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, he can help you out in doing so. Been selling and buying homes for, well, a few decades now. You can call him at 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. That's Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. 
Andy, I'm going to start off slow. I'm going to start off a lot lighter, a lot lower here as we uh, start crack slippers, because one of the things that I've noticed, and I'm sure the listeners noticed as well, whenever I come back from break here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura exclusively on Claves Online, I, I feel like I'm so overmodulated. I think I'm just so excited to be back on the air from a commercial break or to start a new segment that I just get so loud and I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't I don't get it really excited to give hot takes that's i mean that is what it it, that does kind of weigh into it but i just i need to i need to call i need to calm it down a little bit when we uh when we bring it back in from the break and just uh you know just kind of be a little more subdued i guess that's uh that's what we need to people like your energy i like i hope so i hope so because i do it for the uh for the people and you know it's like you know, that's why maybe like what three or four people might like your impressions. I, it's very similar. Carpe diem to the king. No, that's no. Do you see? They just they're not good. None of them are any good. Uh, but nonetheless, okay. nonetheless, I let you go into announcer voice here as we uh, as we oh, bring I, you into I, I our do segment. A, I do a, I do do a good announcer voice. Yeah, our uh, our I segment do. here, Andy. <laughs> it is. Clear my throat. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready for me? I am ready for you. Let's hear, Andy, the intro to Crack Slippers. All right, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the Crack Slippers with Joe Roderick on Claves Online. Perfect. Very well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I liked it. Yep. Uh, so, Andy, um, I'll you I'll, I'll end with the I'll end with the um, the major league eating. We talked right. a little bit about Tom Brady in the first segment. Tom Brady had a really really big week. I, the new Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I, he sent a cease and desist to the Dan Patrick Show this week <laughs> for a shirt they were making. What did the shirt say? I didn't see this. Uh, Tampa Bay. I like it. Yeah, uh, but it's, I, I guess uh, I guess Tom has since applied for a uh, copyright for Tampa, so he Lighten sent a cease, Tom. yeah he he sent a cease and desist to them. Uh, by the way, next week on the show, already? next week on the show from the Dan Patrick Show, McLovin Andrew Perloff will uh, will be on with us. Hey, your buddy from Super Bowl week, he is a uh, become good friends with uh, McLovin yeah. over the uh, over the years. So I'll I'll have him on. And he's very much looking forward to off the wall to doing that. He told me, I told him about it in text. I texted him what the segment was about. And he's like, I know what I'm doing. He goes, I, I know what I'm, I'm showing. He goes, I got something really cool. So we'll, uh, we'll do that with him next, uh, next week. And so I'm working on yeah. a guest as well, Joe. Very nice. Yeah. I, I, I look forward to, uh, to doing that. And I also look forward to seeing how we're going to pull off a, uh, a guest here as we record the way that we do. We we've yet to do a live guest. So, so I am just, you just click a different button. It's called okay. a group. There. So. <laughs> if it's that easy. Great. Like I said, so I'm, I'm, I've I become a graphic out, designer this week, so I'm, I'm wearing all kinds of hats. I reached out to uh, my uh, a friend of the show, Kurt Rowey, who is the director of the Metropolitan Amateur Golf Association, who uh, in conjunction with a, Another organization called Beyond Homes, I believe is what it is. Okay. I'll look that up while I'm telling you. But uh, they, in conjunction with Walters Golf Management and UMSL, are reopening Normandy Golf Course on Sunday. I saw and, that. That's awesome. 
And so we're going to, we want to talk to them a little bit about that. But Kurt's like, you know, we're, we're not really, uh, it's called, uh, the group is called Beyond Housing. Beyond Housing. Um, Kurt's like, uh, I'm not really the one you're, that we're going to talk to because we're really kind of pointing everybody towards, uh, towards TOT. Well, I know who TOT is. Uh, it, his name is Tom O'Toole Jr., Joe. Yes. He's a, not only a local lawyer, uh, he's the former president of the United States Golf Association. Mm. I feel like that's somebody that I've had on when I did a show with Jay in the past. I'm sure that you have, which I'm sure Jay knows TOT very well. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I'm we're trying to work on getting uh, see when TOT has time to talk to us uh, about uh, about MAGA and uh, actually I think they're trying to drop the MAGA thing and they're trying to go with MET right. GA. Yeah. <laughs> For obvious reasons, because um, the Metropolitan Golf Association, they have uh, they do all kinds of fun stuff with amateur golf and and running all the different they run all the different USGA qualifiers throughout the year. So hopefully we'll have those. We can talk to either Kurt or uh, or Tom next week. So very nice we'll that as well. Yeah. So back into the uh, back into. The uh, the crack slippers with Tom Brady. Yeah, so he, he had that. We we talked about the uh, the the golf outing that he's going to have with Tiger and Phil and Peyton coming up in a uh, in a few weeks. So we we have that to talk about as well. Well, this past week, Rob Gronkowski, the current reigning defending WWE twenty four seven champion, announced that he is unretiring from football and joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Even though I don't think an official trade has been worked out yet. He took a uh, physical with the Buccaneers and passed that. The Buccaneers already welcomed him back, but an official trade hasn't been made yet. No, wait a minute. You start, you're saying trade. He's retired. I guess, do the Patriots still own his rights? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was on the retired exempt list, and now he is going to be taken off that list, and his contract is going to be sent to the uh, the Buccaneers. <clears throat> so Tom Brady posted a video of himself picking up Rob Gronkowski at the airport. Mm-hmm. He also picked uh, posted a video of himself in a park, which it looks like he is like calling into like a conch shell, and then you see Rob Gronkowski like running around the corner. Uh, as if he is calling on his tight end to uh, to come out of retirement. There was a story last week out of Tampa Bay that first off, the first article said that Tom Brady was cited for being in a park. C-I-T-E-D. Right. Like, a ri- ticket. Yes. Like written up a citation. They had to come out and uh, they had to change that where he was cited S-I-G-H-T-E-D in a park and he was told <laughs> to go home. <laughs> he was not so he supposed really to give, be in so the park. He wasn't really given a ticket. Yes. He was not given a ticket. He was seen in a park and he was told to go home and he complied. Has many people wondering if him being seen in the park was while he was filming this little bit with Rob Gronkowski. I, I imagine that it is. It was probably like, you know, news team assemble with Ron Burgundy when he it's, gets his cock shell out. Yes, it pretty much is that. I think that's what they were going for. Well, and then they also signed. They also signed. Are you going to get to Julian? To Jay? I, I am. I am not. I have not seen anything about Julian Edelman yet. Well, he, he signed with the Buccaneers. Did he? I have not seen that. Unless I was dreaming. No. Yeah. I don't think that he has signed. I believe he is uh, still a member. Yeah. I don't think he uh, he is. 
because I've seen a lot of people saying poor Julian Edelman because he is stuck on the Patriots by himself. Where in the hell did I see that he signed with the uh, he signed with the Buccaneers? Yeah, that's not the case. But Tom Brady's week got a little more interesting yeah. because then a story came out that Tom Brady. Uh, he's kind of adjust to his new city. You know, he's, he's trying to follow the social distancing laws. He's not doing that well. You know, there, there's, you know, he's, he's just, he's, I believe living in Derek Jeter's home right now. Well, on April 7th, he had planned to visit the home of offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, former Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. Now, uh, now the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers. Brady walked into the home next door without knocking before coming face to face with the homeowner, not Byron Leftwich. Uh oh. A source with knowledge of the situation confirmed the incident and said that Brady and Leftwich were trying to follow social distancing guidelines, having Brady to come pick up materials from his new coach rather than meeting with him. The source said Leftwich had been expecting him, which might mean, which might explain why Brady didn't knock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, David Kramer, the owner of the house, said, I'm sitting here and I see this big shadow come up to my front door and I hear the doorknob turning and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Who's coming in my house? He goes, I literally was just sitting here and I watched this tall guy walk in and it's Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at him and says, how's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, Mr. Kramer says, I go, uh, I don't know. You tell me, dude. Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then Brady goes, am I in the wrong house? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes, is this Byron's house? <laughs> uh, Tom Brady's walk into your house. Yeah, Kramer said he froze for several seconds trying to comprehend what just happened. He then right. rushed back outside to get a photo, but Brady was already walking into Leftwich's home. <laughs> oh. My parents were on a trip to Pebble Beach one time. I'll make the story quick. Yeah. And they were there with some friends who, uh, uh, one of their friends is kind of, he, he well, he, he runs in money circles, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And so my dad and my mom were just sitting in the living room and uh, in walks Joe Buck. Really? And yeah, my dad's like, oh, well, hi, you're Joe Buck. <laughs> was he in the wrong house? No, he was at the right house. Oh. But my dad just, but, but you know, it's just kind of odd to be sitting in your, in your living right. room and having a national sportscaster just kind of walk in without your knowledge. Yeah, that's, uh, it's like a summer, yeah, have you was, ever seen the movie Summer Rental? Yes. It's. I feel like that. I think the Tom Brady situation had a, a similar one to that. Right. So, similar situation. And, Andy, you have been waiting for this all week. I have. I've, I haven't. I've purposely not looked it up. Uh, we talked about it uh, during our little pre-show uh, meeting talk. Yeah. And I said, "Don't tell me anything. I want to hear it for the first time live on the air." So I have no idea what the results are. It's called Major League Eating, right? Major League Eating, MLE, they did a, uh, I guess they all were videoing in to uh, have a race. They were sent the food, and they had a tournament for, uh, for okay, this. So now, for those who missed one, the episode last week, yeah, why, round, round one, the, one of the challenges was, was to eat five pounds of bologna, right? No, 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 two pounds of bologna. 
So I'll, I'll read these over. I, I'll go over all these. So well, but hang on, I want to give I want to give my well my my guess my guess was that it would take seven and a half minutes to eat uh, two pounds of bologna. You told me that right now that the over under was at sixty nine seconds. Yes, that's all I remember. All right, let's hear. That it. was the round of eight. Okay, Andy. Four of the eight individuals finished in under sixty nine seconds. <laughs> of the of the two pounds of bologna. Two pounds of sliced bologna. Okay. The winner of this, the fastest time in the round of eight, was Gideon Oji. Finished it in mm-hmm. 52 seconds. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Gideon also owns records. I'm going to go over some of the records um, as I name some of these people. Um, okay. Owns the record for kale salad in eight minutes. Uh, ate 25 pounds of kale salad in eight minutes. Okay. So, so that is Gideon's claim to fame. Okay. Boy, you have so, a really clean system after that. Round two, Andy. Round two went on to, uh, it, it was, let's see. As I go through here, the field consisted of Joey Chestnut. Okay. Matt Stoney. Darren Breeden. Badlands Booker. Miko Sudu, let's see, and yeah, all eight again. Michelle Lesko, Badlands Booker, Nick Wyrie. The next one was 48 Oreos and a half gallon of milk. Okay. This I'm going to guess over, uh, I'm going to guess 48 Oreos and a half a gallon of milk. <sighs> Minute 45. Over on that. Okay. Over on that. Uh, Darren Breeden was penalized two seconds. It doesn't say, I don't know what they were penalized for. Oh. Finished it in two minutes and 28 seconds. Okay. Darren Breeden's claim to fame um, in eight minutes holds the world record for oysters in eight minutes, Andy. How many oysters do you eat in eight minutes? Yeah, you're going to be disgusted by this. I'm telling you this ahead of time, okay? Okay. 528 oysters in eight minutes. Oh, my God. 528 oysters in eight minutes. Oh, my God. I can't even fathom that. Moving on to... I'm not the biggest oyster fan to begin with. I like them... I like them a certain style, but just eating them straight out of the shell on the half shell. Mm-hmm. Woof. Moving on to the semifinals. We're down to eight, Andy. Your, uh, the, the, this one's where it kind of gets disgusting. Okay. 10 pounds of baked beans. Okay. Just think uh, of a big, I'm- just think of a big old, jug of baked beans a big old can of baked beans 10 pounds of baked beans yeah i think i'm, I'm picturing i'm picturing like a sam sized thing of baked beans it probably weighs about 10 pounds maybe a gideon, little bit more than that gideon og once again won this round one minute and 45 seconds oh my god i was gonna say five minutes joey chestnut took his time and finished second place with two minutes and three seconds 10 pounds of baked beans in a minute and yeah. five. 
Yeah, Joey right. Chestnut knocked off Nick Weary in uh, in this one. Nick Weary's claim to fame: he ate eleven pounds of strawberry shortcake in eight minutes. I might be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel with the Oreos. Like I could eat. I think I could eat forty-eight Oreos and I think a two I could too. Like if you let me put them all in a bowl and pour that half gallon of milk over them to make them all soggy oh, first, it's done. Yeah, it's done. I mean, I Is don't know how many loud? Oreos come in a package anyway, but I had an entire package of golden Oreos in like three days. So I, think the, I would say the family size probably has forty-five Oreos in it. Okay. Maybe there's 16 in each. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a family-sized pack of Oreos. And then, Andy? Ten. Ten cups of ramen noodles. Cooked, I'm assumed, right? Yes. I mean, I, you can really just, you can throw those back without chewing them. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say again a minute and a half. One minute and 50 seconds. Joey Chestnut is your champion. Wow. <laughs> yep. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, Joey Chestnut, obviously the 12-time winner of the uh, Nathan's Famous Hot Dog, Fourth of July Hot Dog Eating Contest. Yeah. I'll just throw one more out here at you. One more world okay. record. This is Matt Stoney, who was in the competition. He wa- he did not make it to the semifinals. Easter just was last week, two yep. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Stoney once in five minutes ate 255 peeps. Woof. That's terrible, too. Why would you pick Peeps? Just what, it was just what was put in front of him, and he had to eat it in Those five minutes. 255 of them, Andy. Two, five, five. I'd yak. Yeah. I'd yak, I'd yak after 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Now, I could eat 255 Cadbury cream eggs. <laughs> not in five minutes. No, not in five minutes. God, these I haven't had that many in my are, lifetime. These people are special. This is oh, incredible. So uh, if you still have an if, appetite, if could, enjoy the uh, rest you could, of your weekend. Uh, if you from, could eat like that, would you? I don't know. Am I making money off winning these competitions? Yes. Okay, then probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, make sure to uh, check out all the stuff we have up on ClabesOnline.com. Off the Wall will debut on Monday. Looking forward to that. Mike Claiborne will have his interview with Clarence Gaines Jr., the former assistant general manager of the six-time champion Chicago Bulls. So that'll be another uh, must-listen-to interview that Claves will have up there as well. So uh, we, uh, we look forward to joining you next week. I already have a few guests booked. And uh, it'll be another uh, fun show for you right here on ClabesOnline.com. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. A Munganas St. Louis Acura, the uh, title sponsor here of the uh, the show. They will be open for uh, for any of your automotive care needs. And as I mentioned at the uh, start of the show as well, they are helping with, uh, they are giving deals to healthcare workers and first responders right now. So give them a call at Munganas St. Louis Acura. Also, you go to their website real easy to go to stlouisacura.com and you can schedule to have your new car delivered to your house as they help practice social 
distancing. They are offering home delivery and pickup for sales and service customers. Uh, you could call today for more information at St. Louis, at Munganas, St. Louis Acura. Andy, you have a, a great rest of the week. We will talk to you again next weekend. Thanks, Joseph. That is Andy Hanselman. I am Joe Roderick. For all of us here at ClabesOnline.com, have a great rest of your weekend. We will see you next week here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, exclusively on ClabesOnline.com.